Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. Check out this latest episode as we look into delighting in the freedom that God has given us from Galatians chapter 5. My name is Simon Man. I'm campus pastor here at Centerpoint Church in Hayward. And so glad that you've chosen uh, to join us on this fine, beautiful, swampy uh, holiday weekend. So... It's going to be fun. We tried to get some of the humidity out of here this morning, so hopefully you'll go get to go enjoy that out of doors and not indoors later today. Um, It just dawned on me yesterday, so I'm not a master of the calendar, as it were, so it just dawned on me yesterday that this is a holiday weekend. I know. Fourth of July comes around every July 4th. I get it. I do understand that, but I just didn't, didn't really connect the dots. And uh, somebody, somebody posted a fireworks video on Twitter, and I was like, that's a little early. <laughs> Which I felt like it was. Um, it's like, I'm really confused. July 4th is not for two days. Okay. And then this morning at 6.57, I'm giving you a specific time because I was sitting at the kitchen table eating my breakfast this morning at 6.57, someone thought, hey, you know what we should do? Light off 100 Whistler bottle rockets (laughs) behind my house. At 6.57 a.m., friends, we live in the great state of Iowa or South Dakota where fireworks are legal. After eight, (laughs) there's just, nah, like there's just no reason for it. Oh my goodness, it could be a long couple days. We're just like stretching our legs with this newfound freedom here in Iowa. You folks in South Dakota, you've had this, you've had this danger at your hands for years. We're just getting it figured out. So Uh, anyway, that's been uh, a joy to, to, to come to mind this weekend. Also... I just put it together um, quite recently that today, so we're in a series called Back to Eden, and the entire idea of, of this series is to consider how God delights in us. God delights in us, and because that is true, that we get to delight in Him. He delights in us. He's delighted in us since He created us. And if you're in the room, if you're human and you can hear my voice, you were created by God on purpose, for a purpose. And so regardless of what you think or believe about the whole Jesus thing or church thing, what is true is that you were created by God and he delights in you. And because that is true, that gives us the freedom to delight in him and all that he has for us. And so that's kind of been the story we've been going through. And today, and 
if some, we have a team that works together uh, to, to do our series planning, our sermon planning, and maybe somebody thought through this and put, uh, put today's message on July 2nd on purpose. I certainly did not, but today we're going to talk about delighting in freedom. And then Saturday I was like, hey, freedom! And then July 4th weekend, good job! Didn't put it together. So maybe I'm not working real quick these days, but uh, I was like, oh, that works. All right, we can, we can deal with that. So today we're going to be talking about freedom. And one of the things that's come up over about the last six months, so it's, it's come up, we were in Genesis a few months ago. If you, you don't know what I'm talking about, um, we do this thing, church, all the time. Like every Sunday we're here. Uh, and so you can go back to our website, wearecenterpoint.com slash watch, and you can watch past messages. So about six months ago, we were in the book of Genesis, and what stood out for me there is the first words that God said to his creation. So God created Adam, and the first words he said specifically to Adam are, you are free. God said, you are free. That's amazing. Because I, th I think, I think we can get caught up in our own head and our own minds and, and really believe and truly buy into the fact that, that God is someone who is just trying to catch us doing something wrong. That that's, that's who God is and that's how we relate to him is we're just trying to hide from him the wrong stuff we're doing or not get busted or try to figure out what he really thinks is wrong so that we can get right up to the line and be like, see, I'm not over it. See? Ooh. It's like playing pickleball and you can't go over the line. Any pickleball players in here? Where are we at? Got some in the front. Oh, pickleball? Nice. So you're not supposed to go into, there's the thing, the front area that's painted off or taped off or whatever, and you're not supposed to go in there. So I play the whole game like this, right on the line going, I'm like, not, not in there. But that's what we do with God. We're like, well, I didn't cross the line. You said this was the line, and I'm just right here. I'm good. But God said, you, you are free. And what he actually wants for us is to live into the freedom that he provides. One thing that is true is that when there are boundaries, there is more freedom. Does that make sense? I grew up, we had horses growing up. All right, anybody have animals currently or, or when they were growing up when you were younger have animals? So, so large animals, you have a few options. So a horse is a large animal, in case, you, in case you didn't know, unless it's a miniature horse and then it's miniature, so it's not large. Miniature horse will fit in your back seat. Like that's, if you need a back seat horse, I have a deal for you. We can get you some. Um, but so like if, 
if you had a big grassy area, we call it pasture, and if you had it fenced off, then you could just let your horses out in that and they can kind of run around freedom within the boundaries, within the boundaries that we had established, right? So there's fences, there's the boundaries, but they could run free. Now, sometimes we would go to a rodeo and we didn't take fence with us because, I mean, that's a pain. And so, but, but horses, there's this thing you could do is you could hobble your horse. And it was a, a, a couple pieces of rope that you would tie together, one on their back foot, one on their front foot. And so they can't run off. They can kind of meander around and they, and they can walk around. They can graze a little bit, but they're not going to be able to run. So they can't really get away. Because we were in a place without any boundaries, we had to limit the freedom of the horse. With boundaries, the horse was totally free within the boundaries. Does that make sense? Do you see how it applies to your life? God has established clear boundaries. I would say that most of us in the room understand the difference between right and wrong. We understand the difference. We have real clarity around right and wrong. God has established boundaries. It's always funny to me. Uh, people want to argue about, we got to take God out of government. Like, oh, so no more laws. Okay. Let's see how that goes. I'm like, what? Like, all of our laws are based on what? The Ten Commandments. Right? God established boundaries for his creation. They follow us everywhere, but we are free within those. So we're going to go to the book of Galatians. Galatians is a book uh, written to the group of churches in the area of Galatia, written by a fellow named Paul. Paul was the great church planter of his time, planted tons of churches around the Mediterranean rim, um, and he would write letters to them because we couldn't simulcast back in the day, or there was no Tic Tac back then, so you couldn't post a Tic Tac to, for the kids. So you had to write letters. And so these letters still exist. So Galatians is one of these books. So Galatians chapter 5, if you have your Bible, you can go there. If you have your phone and you want to go to your version app, slide on down into that as well. You can read along with me. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to start with verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that you have been set free. That sounds and seems redundant, doesn't it? So Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came down from glory. He was with God and he chose to lower himself and come down onto earth and be born as a baby, a baby in a manger. He lived as a human. Then he ended up, he lived a perfect life without sin and he died a sinner's death for you and for me so that we could live in freedom, that we could receive his grace through faith. 
we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, if he is the Son of God, come to free the captives. Who are the captives? It's us. We, we are the captives. What are we captive to? Right? That's the question. What are, what are we captive to? So in, the, in here, in this, this book, Paul is writing to Jewish people mostly, or people with Jewish experience. And so the yoke of slavery that he's specifically talking about is the law. The law of the time is the law of the Jews. And so the Jews didn't know that the law was a yoke of slavery because they had just grown up in it. This was their culture. This was everything that they knew about life ran through the temple and ran through the traditions of what it meant to be Jewish. And so the festivals or the parties that they would have, they all happened because of this law that kind of over, oversat everything that they did. Judaism was not just a religion, it was a race, it was a people, it was everything for them. And so they had no realization, they had no realization that, that the law was a separate thing from who they were, because they embodied it so much. So, so Paul... Paul is talking to a group of people with experience with, with Judaism or Jewish people. And he's also talking to Gentiles who are trying to figure out, do I have to become Jewish first before I can become a follower of Jesus? And Paul's like, no, don't do that. That doesn't make any sense because Judaism, the law, isn't the answer. The law isn't the answer. Jesus is the answer. And so you can skip the whole life of the law and just grab a hold of Jesus. But see, they, they didn't really have this awareness that the law was something that they should let go of because it was just part of who they were. Now, the modern-day equivalent, the modern-day equivalent of the law is sin. Most of us, you cannot remember the first time you did something that was outside the boundaries that God gave us. First time you stole something that wasn't yours. You don't remember that. You were little because we were born sinful. You don't remember the first time you lied to your parents because we were born sinful and all of us have the same story. And even those of us in the room have been like, I don't know, I've been pretty good. Center. St you still did. You still have. You still probably do. But because sin is such a normal part of our life, we might forget that it doesn't have to be that way, that there's another option. But we have to actually understand, we have to actually grasp that there's something wrong first. 
We have to grasp that there's something wrong first. So I was trying to, we were trying to think of a way to, like, to share, to show, like, what is this freedom like? What is this freedom like that God gives us? Like, how should we feel about the freedom that we have? And, and Pastor Chris is the, he's the campus pastor at our Sioux Center campus, and we sit right next to each other. If you want to come visit, uh, come on down. I have office in Sioux Center most of the time because I like people, and I have to sit here all alone. And that's not good for me. I can only talk to myself for so long, and then people are like, we should commit him. <laughs> Fair. So I was up there, and we sit right next to each other, and he's like, hey, I have an idea. So he had an idea. He sent me a video, and I think this video is a pretty good illustration of what, what it feels like or to realize that we're free. So we're going to watch this video. Check it out. So, for those of you who don't know, that's a fish. <laughs> that's a fish. And the fish has been caught. Who's caught a fish before in your life? I'm not a very good fisherman, but one time a fish accidentally ran into my hook. <laughs> like, I don't know what the statute of limitations is, but like, literally I had a fish just run into my hook. So I'm reeling it in. I'm like, this thing is huge. No, I hooked it in the side, and it's coming in like a barge. But it's like I've caught a fish before, and if you don't want to keep the fish, like if it's not within the rules, because there's rules about fishing, right? If it's not with, there's boundaries. If it's not within the rules, you're supposed to do what? Let it go. Now, the fish realizes it's been caught, right? You ever had a fish fight as you're trying to reel it in? Like you're, you're reeling it in, it's like, whoa. A little battle, a little battle royale, cage match between you and the carp. Fish fights because it realizes it's been caught and it doesn't want to be caught. And so when the fish realizes it's been caught and it gets set free. Is it pretty stoked? Is it pretty excited? Is the fish pretty happy about getting set free after being caught? It was so happy it did a backflip. Now, after the service, we'll have a line out front. We're all going to do backflips because we're all going to realize we've been set free. So who's going first? We've got to find somebody. Nah. We'll find somebody who's really good at backflips. They can go first. So, but they, they realize they've been caught. And when they get set free again, they're pretty excited. The, the thing is that normally they're just swimming around the pond. Once they realize they're caught, now there's this excitement about this freedom that they have. This new found freedom.
But you have to realize, you have to realize you're caught to experience the freedom. Does that make sense? So like, I think, I don't know if you've heard it before, I've shared up here many times, like, I, I have not always been a pastor. I did not grow up going to church. In fact, when I was younger, high school and college, I was an outspoken atheist against this type of stuff. I'm like, this is stupid, this is a joke, this is a lie, this is fake. Outspoken. That was my life. Made terrible choices like it was my job over and over and over and over again. And then when, when Jesus interrupted my life, when, when God showed up and disrupted what I was doing, I had this really cr- clear realization. How I had been living was outside the boundaries of what God set up. He wanted me to live inside the boundaries. It was really, really clear to me the freedom that he offered me. Really clear. I wasn't living the right way. He offered me a different way to live that was much more free, much better. My life has been radically different since that day. Radically different. I realized I was caught. I didn't for years. I mean, I was 23 years old. Lived years and years and years without having any clue, any understanding. Once I realized I was caught, I wanted that freedom. And then I wanted to stay free. I want to stay free. The last, the last part of, of verse 1 talks about do not again put on the yoke of slavery. Once you've been set free from sin, stay free. Stay free. It's okay. Like, we get to, we choose sin. We choose it. Do you know why we choose sin? Because we like it. That's why we do it. Because we enjoy it. We used to talk about this in recovery circles all the time. Until, until the pain of your addiction is greater than you're willing to bear, you will not change. Stuck in addiction, you will not change for anybody else. Freedom is offered to you all the time. Like, hey, you don't have to live this way. You, sh- you don't have to live this way. There's a better way to live. But until the pain of your addiction is too much for you to personally bear, you will not change. You will not make a move towards freedom at all. Same is true of our addiction to sin. Whatever it is. Until the pain caused from living like that is greater than you're willing to bear, you will not change. But it doesn't have to be that way. And this is, what's beautiful is God offers us a different way to live. One where we can choose to follow 
him. And this is, this is the key, this is the key to all this, and we're going to read some scripture uh, in a second, but there's a line, and it's the, sin, it's the line of sin, right? Because it's obvious there's, there's sin, and then there's not sin. Like, it's, it's, really, it's really clear. God makes it clear in all sorts of places. This is something that's outside of what I have for you. This is living within the boundaries I've set for you. And here there's great freedom, and here there's great turmoil, and there is a line, There's a line, right? And, and us humans, everybody who's human, raise your hand if you can. Thank you. I'm a little concerned. We had a few people not raise their hand. <laughs> Twitter was right. Aliens among us. Us humans. Here's, here's what we like to do. If this is the line, if this is the line between sin and not sin, we like the not sin side, right? We like the not sin side because we're like, that's fire insurance. Hell sounds bad. I don't want to go to hell. But woo, it's fun over here. So this is how we live. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I'm good. I'm not over the line. Okay, the goal of Jesus' death and resurrection is not so that we can stand on the line between sin and not sin. Because the freedom of living in Jesus is way over here. It's following Jesus. Jesus is going in a different direction. Jesus is in a radically different direction than the life of sin. And if we're supposed to be followers of Jesus, followers of Jesus, we should spend all of our time over here and not even concern ourselves with the line. Jesus wasn't hovering over the line. He wasn't hovering around it at all. Jesus was going in a totally new direction that left this behind, and that's what we can choose, and we can choose that life of freedom. You can choose that life of freedom. Galatians chapter five continues. There's more than one verse in it. You may not, if you didn't pull it up, you may not know. So I'm bringing some clarity. What am I going to, 13? Isn't that so handy? Put it up there, I don't have to remember. 13 through 18. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge, indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law.
The Spirit is God, right? Like, there's this whole Trinity thing. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. I don't know how it all works. Find somebody smarter than me to explain Trinitarianism to you, but I believe it. I believe that it's true, and the Holy Spirit is who walks with us. It's who walks with us. So we don't have to do this alone, but the key, the key to this is do you believe that you're stuck? Do you believe that you're stuck? Do you believe that you're caught? And I'm gonna, sorry for the fishing analogies here, but I, uh, I think it works. Like, you put a fish in a live well, they can think they're free again for a little while, right? I mean, they're in there, it's the same water they were just in. There's probably some friends in there with them. Hey, Roy, I didn't know you were here. It's going to be a good day. Roy's here. Not going to be a good day, bud. But there's living in the live well, these fish, I don't know, I haven't talked to one, but they probably are like, this ain't so bad. It's a controlled environment. Feel safe. Like it's going to end poorly for you. But they don't know that because it's, this doesn't feel caught. I kind of get to swim around. It's not very big, but I get to swim around a little. Do you believe that you're caught? Do you believe you're stuck in your sin? So that's who. That's who Jesus came for. Jesus came to set the captives free. Do you believe that you're caught? Or do you believe that you've got it? You're living good enough. You're living right. You're making all the right decisions. You're doing good things. So you're good. The challenge is like, how, how good is good enough? That's what the law explains. Right? I'm sure all of us have let, read Leviticus over and over and over again so that you have much clarity on how holy God expects us to be to be able to do this on our own. Right? Leviticus scholars, don't see any hands. Maybe, it's, maybe you're online. The law explains to us how, like helps us recognize how far away from the holy God that we are. It illuminates the sin in our life and how we fall short. That's what the law does. The Israelites could not do it. The Jewish people could not live by the law and be restored in relationship with God. God sent Jesus. In Jesus we have freedom. And his freedom, we get to walk with the Spirit. With his Spirit, we get to walk with God. And I view this freedom a few ways. 
You can walk in freedom because you have the Spirit of God helping you. So you don't have to worry about making a mistake. Just focus on the condition of your heart. What's the condition of your heart? Don't worry about that one mistake that the Spirit, if you're listening, if you're paying attention, if you're tuned in to the Spirit of God, He will help guide us. He will direct us. We can also live in freedom because we do not have to fear. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear what someone might do to us or what's, what's happening in and around us. We don't have to live in fear because we have the Spirit of God living in us. We have the freedom of salvation and eternity in the presence of God. That is the freedom that we get as followers of Jesus. We can live in freedom so we don't have to live in fear. So we can go boldly and share the gospel. We don't have to live in fear that, that something's going to, going to happen catastrophically with our government or with social media or with the internet. Like, we don't have to live like that because we have a guide who lives within us, who walks with us every single day. As a follower of Jesus, you have the Spirit of God in you. He will guide you. You do not have to live in fear. Fear isn't from God. Grace and peace and hope and love and joy and kindness. That's from God. Not fear. You don't have to fear. So how can we live in the spirit? We're going to finish up this way. First thing we have to do is lean in. Lean. Be available. Be available for the Spirit. So that might be reading, reading the Bible. It might be grabbing a devotional out there. I think we've got one adult one uh, left that we can give you. Or grabbing soap. Like read the Bible. The Bible is God's Word. The Bible is God's word. That's one way to lean in to who he is and what he is saying to you. Another way to lean into God is to pray. Praying is just talking to God. You don't have to have flowery language. There's not like a secret code you have to say to get into where God is. You can just talk. God loves you. He is listening. And if you're going to lean in by reading or praying, the second thing we should do is listen. Listen. I believe that God is speaking all the time. God has something to say to you. God is talking to you. You just have to be open to listen to what he's saying. Will you hear him? Will you listen to what he's saying? Lean in. Listen. The last thing that this passage tells us to do is to love. It says all the commandments, all of the law can be boiled down to one thing. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Now this is complex. Because one of the interesting things about our society that the Bible writers maybe didn't think would happen because they reference all the time, love your neighbor as yourself. The assumption is, is that we would love ourselves. Maybe that's our biggest miss, is that we don't. We don't love ourselves. We think God made a mistake when, they made us, when he made us, or we think that we've failed in life, or we've failed God, or we've, done, we've messed up so bad that there's nothing we can possibly do to get back. So I'm doomed, I'm stuck, I, there's nothing I can do, there's no way I can get back into the good graces of God, I'm too messed up. It's not true. God doesn't believe that about you. That, those statements and statements like them, that's from the evil one. He whispers things like that to us. It's not true. Love yourself. We'll make mistakes. We will still sin. I still sin. I still choose it. The point of this idea of freedom, delighting in freedom, is that we don't have to. We don't have to. The band's going to come up. We're going to play one more song. It got hotter up here. Just, I mean. I'm sure you'll be fine, but I'm glistening. Woo. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's where we're going next week. We're going to finish the Back to Eden series next week. And we're going to talk about delighting and loving others. Because we were created to bring glory to God and share with others, love others as we love ourselves. That's what we were created for. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. And then we're going to go find a lemonade or whatever that cold drink is out there. Sound good? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift of this letter to the people in Galatia that we get to share in, that we get to learn from. Lord, remind us of our freedom in you, that our freedom is in you because of you. Lord, and help us to find and recognize your spirit. Help us to listen to that voice, your voice through him. Lord Jesus, help us. God, and teach us to love ourselves first so that we can love our neighbors like you've designed us. In your name we pray, amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.